This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. HOLradio.net Hello and welcome to this special podcast only episode of Homestay Radio. I am Chris Ambling and I'm your host for today. It's international break, and rather than take the week off that we deserve, we decided we'd bring you something a little different to plug the Palace Gap. In unrelated news, we've been nominated for Best Football Podcast in the Football Blogging Awards. The judges listening may want to cut us a little bit of slack with what they're about to hear. Definitely, when you get to the quiz, cut us some serious, serious slack. Uh, so we have a mixture of football and non-football chat, some Palace five-a-side team selections, which is a feature from last season's Premium Pod, and in the time-honoured whole radio tradition... We will finish with a quiz that will almost certainly end in an argument or be rubbish or both. Featuring <laughs> tonight are Albert Curley. Hello. Hello, Albert. Lucy White. Hello. Hello. Patrick Okwanwa. Hello. Hello. I just sort of did a non... Uh, yeah, Canadian type, actually. really. Yeah. Uh, Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello. And Mr. Joel Holyoke. Hello. Hello, there he is, there, yeah, there he is. Joining us for the quiz later will be producer Tom Fancit. Hello, Tom. Hello. And producing today is Mikey Fairley. We'll be back with the show after these messages. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at HOL Radio. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. .net forward slash iOS. The scenario is this. You are a five-a-side manager and you can only pick from ex-Palace players. Um, 
So who do you pick? Obviously, you've got to start with a goalkeeper and then pick a, a formation for the remaining four, and then off you go. Okay. Really. Well, I'm you know on on the on the spot. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Kalenko as my goalkeeper. Okay. Do, do you need justification for that? God, yeah, definitely for that decision. Just because I, I, you know, Pardew goes on about Mavericks, and I don't think anybody personifies that more than Alexander Kalenko. Um, the save away at Newcastle in the cup. I don't know if anybody remembers that. One minute he was in the corner flag, <laughs> yeah. trying to close someone down. The next minute he was at the back post making a, a, a clinical save. Yeah. Um, and similarly, if things weren't going your way, you could smack him in the face, and <laughs> he wouldn't complain too much. Probably. Uh, that's one. There's, he's responsible for some great moments, isn't he? The two you described are brilliant. I remember that save vividly, and obviously Trevor Francis saw him laughing when Palace were losing and punched him square in the face. Wasn't it? Mid, yeah. Midweek game at Bradford. That Newcastle game, I remember I was at a house party and it was one of those really long match of the days um, because it's obviously a cup game and I, I literally pulled the plug out of the stereo and rewound it like three times to make everybody see the save. <laughs> so, yeah. That is, yeah, absolutely right to do that. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And then, yeah, he'd be a character back there, um, you know, barking orders to those in front of him. So, yeah. Who would you, um, who would be in front? Um, what's the general consensus for five five aside? Two defenders, a midfielder, and a striker. We, we've had a mix of we've had a mix of two one one and one two one at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, at the back, it's got to be. Um, oh, it's tough. I'm going to go Craig Harrison. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, any particular elements to Craig Harrison's game that you you think would suit five aside? You know, the way white? the way his hair would flow in the breeze mm. whilst marauding up that left flank was good. Um, Do, and um, underrated player, you feel underrated. I think he's yeah, and you know I'm conscious. You know I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a logistics man. Um, yeah. You know I don't want to pick a team that are going to be otherwise committed to other things. You know not turning up. Uh, and I'm quite sure Craig Harrison's not got a lot going on. So <laughs> I think he's manager of someone. I can't remember who now. I think he's actually. Well, well he'd have to pack that in, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's only fair for for a place in. Wait, your I, you know, I want commitment. Mm, and rightly so. Um, uh, yeah, um, underrated as a player. I think the term player for many would potentially overrate Craig Harrison but listen it's your team and you you know is he your sole defender or if you got someone don't, alongside don't him hate the player hate the game is what I'd I'd, I'd retort to that uh, yeah well, it's a good it's a good phrase mm. change how atrocious Craig Harrison is but it's a good yeah. phrase yeah yeah uh, he's the only def- he's the only defender you need so you're right you're right I'm not putting anybody else back there uh, uh, two in midfield or have you got one one who's going to patrol midfield to leave you two strikers I'm gonna put, I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, a defensive-minded midfielder as well. Mm. Um, I'm basically playing a straight four right down the middle of the pitch. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I don't think people would see that coming, to be honest. I think you're right. So you've got Craig Harrison. Um, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Aki Realati. Yeah. Holding, just you know, the man's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really need too much justification, and he, for the, perhaps the first time in this selection, you, you've picked a real player there. You know, a real um, player, a real player, an actual genuine footballer. Um, Maestro of the game. Yeah, 
yeah. Um, and if you talk about underrated, obviously Palace fans love him for um, for lots of different reasons. But I think even some Palace fans underrate the actual ability he had. Terrific footballer, terrific footballer. You know, decent pass on him. You know, a goal threat when he get when he did get forward. And yeah, um, yeah. looking looking like the dead spit of the singer from Offspring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So much so that even now I still get confused when the guy from Offspring put, turns up singing on something. Yeah. Aki, Aki's doing karaoke. What? No, it's not. It's not. It's the guy from Offspring. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, and he's also pretty fly for a white guy. You know, he was he was well well versed for being quite dapperly dressed, wasn't he? Aki Realia. A few players came out and said that he used to wear some rather natty outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, um, and, and again, a five-a-side team's got to look good. Craig Harrison's bringing the mullet. Aki's bringing the, you know, the garbs. You know, yeah. bringing the bringing the clobber. So, um, so I take it in the noise. Yeah, take it ahead of Aki. Um, someone else has got to bring something, right? So else, we so need this, a baller, don't we? We need a baller in the hole. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, there's too many to choose from. But I'm probably going to go with Wayne Andrews. Yeah, um, you, yeah, you're right. You need a baller in there. Um, so, uh, what what particular is it about Wayne that um, that you feel will be ideally suited to the attacking midfield position in your straight four? I'm I'm going pace. I'm just, I want to hit them with pace through the middle. Um, yeah, and you know, five aside is is you know it's. Half of its play, I'm pointing at my feet. Half of its played down there, isn't it? <laughs> right. But, but the other half, I'm now pointing at my forehead. It's played up there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah. I just think he he used to bring such a calmness to the team, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Never, he never panicked. Right. He, he never ran down any blind channels. You know, he was uh, the opposite of a headless chicken. He was a chicken with a head. He was a. That if there's one way of summing up Wayne Andrews, particularly in spell at Palace, it is chicken with a head. And his, you know, you can't question his goal-scoring record. Um, no, you can't question it. And again, I don't think he's got much else going on, so he's going to be there. I mean, what night are we playing this this team? Um, I, th- I believe this is going to happen um, in, in a couple of weeks' time on a, on a Sunday night. So on a, yeah, he's got nothing yeah. going on Sunday he's night. Got, yeah. So Wayne Andrews in the hole for me. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I feel embarrassed for asking you about it. Now, it was always obviously. Uh, well, has no one else said that? No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I, I don't know really what the. It's, I, it just it seems so obvious now. And why didn't we play him there in his spell at Palace? That's a that's the, that's the amazing thing about it. I mean, thirty three games and and you know just the one goal. But I don't know if you know, but he if you watched him play, he played everywhere. That is true. Work rate, commitment, pace, power. The thing is, like when we signed him, it was a sign of where we were, you know, where we were as a club that we could, we could go, just go into Colchester and just take take that from them. How much you know? doesn't matter. Blank check, bang. <laughs> exactly. We'd, you know, we'd it, it got. I think. I think upwards of ten goals in this. Uh, you can Colchester. You, you just cannot and. Bang another and, zero on it, boys. And seemingly we didn't really put a price on that. Um, we gave them. We gave them Gareth Williams, who was a um, you know promising guy in our academy at the time. Um, we gave him in exchange there, but 
I mean, that it, leads me on to my striker choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not Gareth Williams. Okay. I know. I know who it's going to be from. I from your. I. You know, you think, when you can see. You think I'm going to say Calvin Andrew, don't you? No, I don't. No, I oh. think you. I think you're going to go. I thought you were going to go with another Gareth. No, 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 no. I thought you were going to pick Gareth Taylor. I thought you know. I can tell from your selection so before far. My you... time before my oh, time. Right. Um, up front, um, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's. Just, I mean, Torgelli, maybe Fentola. It's a bit of a commute, isn't it, from yeah, Italy, yeah. especially when you can't walk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going ships. I'm going to go Chipoli up front. Oh, really? Well, that's that's a, a very strong choice. Um, well, there you go. He's, um, uh, I mean, again, a demon on the viber side pitch, you have to say. You know, he would be. Um, again, when we're talking, this is effectively fantasy. Um, so he could be ships at his absolute prime, which I imagine he's still at now. No, I'll take him uh, now. I'll take him yeah, now. Yeah, I think, you know, you need someone for the banter, don't you, in the dressing room after? And he's, you know, he's the as, as we've learned on the whole radio, he's got good banter. He most friend of the sh- friend of the show, Neil Shipley. Friend Shippley. of the show, yeah, he is, yeah, he's a cracking guy. Um, right. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Again, he's a, he's a strong presence up there, and I think he's going to fit. Delighted to be fit into the system, isn't he? He's the point of a of a straight four. You know, it's imaginative. It's new. I think everyone will be doing it soon enough. If you imagine, um, if you imagine the the formation I've just described and the players, if you were to look at that from above, so Shipley up front, all those people behind him, it's yeah. like a sledgehammer. It looked like a sledgehammer. Shipley, the big hammerhead up front, strong spine handle behind him. What Albert, could go wrong? I, but I just, I think we've, you know. It's, it's genius, um, and I don't think anyone's going to get anything, anything close to what you've done today. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Right, so it's a non-Palace week. Uh, let's just start, though, by talking about the England game, because I know it was uh, something that's very dear to our hearts, our country. You know, very patriotic people. Love to watch England. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, the, the squads that are being selected now are just so inspiring. And, and let's not forget, we get to watch James Milner every time there's, there's an England match. So I cannot honestly express how good the, the, the game was at the weekend. Uh, the, the England game went at the weekend, Nick. You were glued to it, I expect? I didn't realise it was on, mate. The only time <laughs> I thought about England was when I played New Order on in the car. I serious. I didn't even know. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Apparently, I I saw the second half. We obviously we played Estonia. Um, I, I actually, I was funny enough. I was having a poker night round. Um, that sounded dodgy. Um, play, playing the card game poker um, around some friends' houses. Uh, ha- no, just one house. We just went to one house where we played poker and had a few drinks. And um, the uh, couple of the lads there were Scottish, and, and the one who owns, owns the flat was just saying that um, you know he, he was surprised he didn't get any complaints from the neighbours the night before when he was watching the Scotland game when the two goals went in celebrating. And then, see, when England scored, it was the fact that no one in the room who was English was actually just sitting there. Um, was you know, no one actually got out, even got out of their chair or made any kind of a noise when England scored a goal. I don't. Did, I mean, is any is everyone in the same place with the England national team at the moment? What do you think, Lucy? The same place, as in absolutely has no interest in them whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the place? 
Because there was a time, wasn't there, where you celebrated an England goal and you, you know, you followed every game and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember the, the days a few years ago when you know you would go to the pub and you'd have your England shirt on. You get, I mean, I had one with Beckham on the back, and you got really excited and you were really proud of them. And even if they did come home for a, without anything, you felt like that they'd tried. But now they're just, oh, it's so boring. Like, the only thing is, Hodgson has had a good record. So yeah. it's boring football the way forward just to get the results. I mean, I wouldn't be happy if Palace were playing like that. So why should we ha- be happy that our country's playing like that? No, it's, it's, like, it's like Pulis, isn't it? It's like you can get a result. You can, you know, stay in a game or, or you know, in the, in the case of the England national team, get wins, getting really really good results on paper Hodgson's doing a terrific job mm. but it's just so so uninspiring how is it Patrick watching as a well you're mostly an England fan I see you cheering for the USA sometimes and it breaks my little heart but you know from a, from <laughs> you a have got a very little heart as well Chris it's true, you can no. hear him outside of the show listeners it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> quiet Nick sorry Patrick um, how is it for you watching the um, watching England as an expat it's um it's it's different because again I have a little I don't have a dual allegiance but I do root for or cheer for the American teams also because I live here I've been here for a long time but it's not just England football it's England cricket it's England rugby it's just England sports in general they're all very poor and it does break my heart to watch um, you know how how badly we we um, perform at tournaments especially like Euros or World Cup I mean I'm glued to my television I never forget um, when England played in the um, the Japan Korea. I get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch the matches because that's how late they're on in the morning. And I would go to work the next day, like at six o'clock. It was I'd have two hours of sleep, and they'd have lost the match. And I'd be like, "Why did I stay up so late to watch England play? What was the point?" So it's just disappointing. I don't even. It's hard to explain, but I want them to do well, but it's just difficult. Yeah, I do, I don't know what it is that's so inspiring about it, but I do know ever since. Jill told me to play or watch James Milner that I have a new appreciation for just how <laughs> every now and then Jill hits oh the right God, on no. the head. Jill, uh, did you engage at all with the England game? No, I had a date night with my missus. I went to see Legend at the theatre, stuffed yeah. myself stupid in Ask Italia, and then <laughs> eating large ice creams, mate. That's no, I'll tell you what, that's, that's what I did. And I didn't, to be honest with you, it wasn't until we was on the way and she said, do you know, you know England are playing tonight? And I went, oh, are they? Who are they playing? I didn't even know who they were playing. I promise you, I never knew. Listen, I'm, you'd have to get the bleep machine out of here. When I found out that one of these under-21 or under-23 players asked not to be picked to play for England last year or the year before, I thought, well, if he can't be fucked, I can't be fucked. And I asked, I don't want to play. None of them. They don't give a shit, none of them. And the thing is, nor do I. We ain't never going to win it. Not in my lifetime. I've been to a lot of England games, a lot of England games, home and away, and I spent a lot of money on them. And I, I just, the FA are so far removed from the normal fan that it, it's not, it's almost, it's almost corporate. You just, it's, England is corporate entertainment, and the, the thing is, I ain't corporate. No. Well, what, what is it? What can we do? What could like? What I feel, I'm stunned by it. My even my own reaction. When when we sat there, when we. Got a got a goal and I didn't even move. I was more interested in, you know, the shit hands I was getting in poker. I I just don't know how I don't know how it came to that. It's like 
like Lucy pointed out, we're not getting bad results or anything like that. It just doesn't. It's just completely alien to me now, the England football team. There's no inspiring choices. There's no one in that squad that I think, oh, wow, amazing. Delighted, you know, Deli Ali got a call up in principle. But when it came to actually watching him make his debut, I just couldn't care less. And then, you know, you're, you're just looking at the players who are playing and you're thinking, actually, you know, do you care? You say they don't, Joe. And I always have this thing in my head that, you know, they're professional footballers and to get to that level, they must, you know, they must have some kind of, you know, quite extreme level of, of inner drive to push themselves to that standard. But I, I agree with you when you look at it. It's, it's so do one-paced they, and boring. Do they have the passion of, of Gascoigne, of Beckham, of, no. of England players past? I never see that. I never see I never see them screaming at each other like they really want to. They want that someone's not pulling their weight. I, I don't see it. I don't see any passion. I, and I, and I, really, I don't know what I don't know what it is about it. But listen, I, I, I just don't care for it anymore, and I really don't care for it. But Joe, why is passion important now for the players? Is it winning more important than the passion? I'll tell you what it is, Patrick. Is it the, the passion? The passion is the difference between watching. Chelsea play and watching Palace play. Mm-hmm. So club versus exactly. country, you're saying? Yeah. No, 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 not club versus country. I'm just, okay. I'm just citing the facts as Chelsea, the Chelsea players. I don't think they play for that badge. You can see oh, okay. our players and they play for that badge. When you stick them three lions, when you stick them three lions on, right. and you see the players that have, that, you know, that, that wanted to play for their country, that that, that dropped everything for their country. Right. They just can't. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. It's just, I know times moved on, but it's not. You know, the, the thing is, I always said, if if you don't like me, you don't have to. You don't have to like me, and I don't care. And the thing is, I don't like England football. I don't like. I I watched. Uh, I watch very little international football now. Very little Champions League. Right. You know, it just. I just like Palace. The f- f- football for me. It's just it's just league football now, league and cup football, and, and international football doesn't. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. Maybe it's get, a getting old thing. I really don't. I know. don't know. So may, maybe it's maybe it's Palace that's ruined international football for us all. I don't know, Nick. Yes, um, it's it is the passion thing. You know, when you look back to the much lauded den- dentist chair when they scored and celebrated, you could see that all the players were there. They were bonded. They were a good group. And Mister Oakson, I'm afraid. Hasn't got them as a group, has he? It's no. it's too too technical. There's no there's no creativity there at all. And uh, yeah, I, would would we have been different if Dan had been picked? Was playing, you know, we'd have watched uh, it in a different you, way then. What about what about Scotland? Scotland got knocked out yesterday. What happened? It, I mean, it benefited us. But four was it four Scotland players all of a sudden pulled out in next game? I am. Um, I got caught skipping school once to watch an Australia v Scotland friendly. I bumped off with Aidan Thomas, who was Scottish, and um, yeah, got caught, told off, and everything. But well, why I fucking bunk off the school for Australia versus Scotland at <laughs> nine in the morning? You wouldn't now, would you? <laughs> no, I you might know. actually. Now you're it? a teacher, you might. But um, no, no. I, it's interesting to hear you talk about it because it just popped into my head when you, you talk about when we did when we last time we properly cared about England. You almost have to go back to sort of Euro '96 and and obviously the World Cup qualifying campaigns uh, following that and all that kind of stuff. You know, players, the characters I'm talking about who in the, who in the England squad has proper character now. I just don't know. Like Rooney's kind of the one, but everyone seems to hate on him. 
and and everyone else just seems boring. What's it? What, what you call? You call it like vanilla or beige or something like that. The whole England squad is beige, and it just just doesn't inspire me at all. Like, Magnolia. Magnolia. There you go, Lucy. I just think if you look at the difference between Wales and Scotland with the England team at the minute. Um, okay, so in previous years, Wales and Scotland haven't been as good as England have been on on paper, hmm. but their passion is far superior. That these are the players I'm talking about than England's. Like you've only got to look at social media, particularly like the Palace boys, like Wayne Hennessy, Joe Ledley, James MacArthur. They're forever like shouting out how proud they are to play for their country. How many of the England players do you see that are, are that proud? You don't see any of them. And I think that is one of the biggest problems, that they just don't really give a shit. <laughs> no, I, I'm jealous of, of Welsh fans at the moment, and I never really thought that that would be the case, to be honest with you. Um, but they've got, not only have they got a really good team to watch, but like you say, that whole passion's there. I honestly want that for England. I don't. It doesn't just have to be that there's, you know, I want Palace players represented in it. I do to be as it as it happens. Just because you look at how well Palace are playing, but that's kind of almost um, that's by the by. That's something that would get me watching England again. But that's not what stopped me watching England at all. What stopped me watching and caring about England is, is just how boring it is. It's just it's nothing a, there. There's just a complete ambivalence about it all, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, from us anyway. Yeah, I'm sure once I... we get to the tournament, we'll, we'll do summer shows and, <laughs> and we'll get into the spirit of it and start singing the order and the intros and, and whatnot. But it, it's, yeah, is it because we qualified? I mean, we're, we're moaning, but he's, how many has he won on the trot now? I don't know. I couldn't even tell right. you. I couldn't even tell you this, like the last sequ- sequence of the last three or four results, which is nine, isn't it? Abs- yeah, it could be nine. I just don't know. And, um, do you even Wayne, care? <laughs> I don't care, no. But do you know no. this? We need we like we need a, a the tournament in this country. We really desperately do. For me, and it's because we're not the only ones saying this. You know, it's not just because we're we're all a group of Palace fans. There's a huge number of fans who are completely ambivalent about England now. Um, you know, they don't sell out a lot of games at Wembley now, and that that's weird. You know, you think you think you'd be desperate to get to Wembley and watch watch England. You know, I went last time I went to Wembley, Wembley to watch England. We beat Croatia five one, but and I've I've never been back. <laughs> it just didn't feel like football. I equate it to the feeling I had when I went to watch Crawley Town beat Derby in the FA Cup, and did the, I've said this before on the show, but did the slowest pitch invasion ever, just so I could get out of there quicker. <laughs> just sort of, I just hopped over the fence at the side and slowly trudged through the middle of the pitch. <laughs> but you know, whereas everyone was, was running the final around, going, gone? <laughs> just about yeah. No, it was like this proper mad pitch invasion by all the Crawley fans, and I must have cut quite a strange, morose figure as I often do. But, um, yeah, very, very, very weird feeling. But, yeah, it just... There you go. Look, it was, it was something I wanted, wanted to kick us off on. And, and I, you know, I just interesting to see that we're all pretty much in the same boat there. But, you know, I'll just finish it by saying, what, what would we want to see? You know, what in, what in the next squad could, could make us, you know, more inspired to watch England? Is it, for us, is it just the inclusion of a Palace player? What do you think, Patrick? That would help me personally, but I'd like to see... The thing is, you, you, you've talked about the passion and... Uh, you're right, 96 was a great, great tournament because of Gascoigne, and not just his personality, but the way he played. And we don't have those kind of players in the squad anymore, and I think that's what makes me like to watch football. I don't really like the, 
the hoofing and the, the I like you know ball playing players and I like that kind of skill part. So if there's a Palace player in there like a Zaha who's going to do the tricks and flicks and excite me, I'd love to see that. But you know there are other players in England that are, are coming coming up. I like to well, I like Ross Barkley personally, but mm. he seems a little bit um, intimidated. It seems by other other players or sometimes gets caught up in the uh, in the bigness of playing for England. But he's got he's got a uh, you know potential to be a kind of player I'd like to really watch a lot. So. No, that's a good that's a good shout. And Barkley is one that I like as well. But we you know, we need three or four that exciting. And again, you can almost equate him to a to a gazer or something yep. like that. But there's nothing yep. around him. There's nothing inspiring around him. Nick. Sorry, I was just thinking the quality of the opposition as well. We play so many qualification matches now for these tournaments mm. that um it's uninspiring. We're not playing France, we're not playing Germany, we're not playing Belgium Belgium. The the kind of the tougher games on a if we could play them more regularly, I think it, it we'd, we'd be a bit more interested. Because we'd lose. You know, it doesn't matter, does it? At least it would be yeah, it a bit of a needle. <laughs> we've, we've got no real rivalry with Bosnia, have we? Or we've got no real rivalry with Estonia and and whatnot. So it's it's not like the games that you'd be up for anyway. Yeah. Do you know what you've just made me think? Um, the the level of football you get in the Premier League, the sort of the technical ability you see. Is that what it is? Is that perhaps what's spoiling us? We're seeing these brilliant technical players. We're seeing these teams that have been moulded into a, you know, a, a really good unit that are able to move the ball, pass and move in, in a really pleasing way. And Palace are doing that as well, by really entertaining, attacking football. Then you switch say, into the international scene and, and there's people who just simply aren't capable of it. I'd say the best, the best club teams would easily beat Brazil and whatever as a club team against the nation, I think. That's it. It's I always an interesting topic. I'm, I'm never sure, but... You know, you're talking about the top players in the world all coming together into one team, but maybe you're right. Maybe you are. It couldn't beat Germany, though. <laughs> no well, one beat The Republic of Ireland did the other day, didn't they? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Finger on the pulse, Patrick. <laughs> Shane Long scored for once in his life. He Same. thought, I'm not going to step across a defender and take, then stop running so he hits me and then claim a penalty. Yeah, you know what? I'd carry on running and score. Go on, Patrick. That was a great goal, though. I hate that. Absolutely line, was. It was a goal. It really was. To beat, to beat a quality goal like that, you know, that was a such. I mean, he mistouched the first touch with his knee, and then to shoot like that across the keeper, that was a brilliant goal. And I can't stand the man. Uh, go on, then, Joe. You've got something to say? Oh, I've got a man for dinner now. Yay! It might be a podcast, but we're not editing that out. <laughs> No chance. Well, we'll just fill until Jelly's ready to talk. Um, I've, got, I've got another interesting uh, topic of discussion to follow on from this. Um, but, um, you know, we desperately, desperately want to hear from... Uh, is, is Albert even here? Yeah. I just <laughs> haven't noticed you, have I? No. It, do, you know, do you know why it is? Because I'm German. <laughs> it's not just... <laughs> it's... Um, I'm not German. Mike, you just told me 17 minutes with me not noticing you were there. That's impressive. Um, have you got any opinions on what we've been talking about? Yeah, I wish I was German. Yeah, We all do, Albert. We all do. No, I'm, I'm so bored of England that I'm bored of listening to people talk about England. <laughs> How boring England are. <laughs> I like to turn on Bosnian. Do you? Any particular yeah. reason? Just so. Oh, right. Okay, right. We're not going there. Nick will get furious again. I even have a Bosnia shirt, so. Does it have a name on the back? It does. Would, it's a birthday would, present. That would be a striker. What was his name again? Edin 
Jekyll. That's the one, That's yeah. The one. Exactly. Um, Joe, have you finished eating yet? Yeah, I was just about to start smashing a Kit Kat, but now I'll, I'll have a... <laughs> <laughs> Why, what's it done? <laughs> really? <laughs> For a Kit Kat. Listen, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. You know what we haven't got? We haven't got... And I, and I don't want to hark on back to it, because, you know, 20 years ago, but, but, when, but when you're about... The changing room, the England changing room, they all knew about, about Gaza going out on the piss and what he did. He, you know, not getting drunk before games, but when he did go out, he went out and he got on it, you know. And, and, and when he went to Lazio, you know, they, they, they held up, welcome Gaza with pints. But, but you know, but pints of beer and on the pictures, and everyone knew that he was a bit of a pisshead. But he, as long as he did it on the pitch, he was. But we, we haven't got we haven't got that because when they score, they just go oh, kiss a hug. They haven't got a dentist chair, or they haven't got Beckham. You know, whatever celebrations they were doing. But you know, it, it, they're not they're, they're, screaming his guts out. You know, but, but they're not allowed to do anything anymore. You know, it's just. I, 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 I just think they, they they have the they have the fun and the and the quality coached out of them these days. Um, I, I, they, there's no expression. I think that, that when we come up against teams from let's just say Eastern Europe, I mean, I had to speak to Dan and, and say to him, you know, how did we play? And he went, yeah, we, as it happens, we played all right. We did, you know, we thrashed them two 0 It was a bit like. You know, uh, us we, at the weekend when we we thrashed West Brom two 0 it, it was you know they didn't have a chance. But I said, how were they with their passing? He went, oh, technically they look actually look better than us some some of the time. And that's the thing because they play with expression. They're allowed to go out and they're allowed to play as they want to play. They want to bend the ball fifty yards on the outside of their foot. They're allowed to do that. We we've got no. I can't see anybody in, the, in the, you know the England side doing that, picking the ball up, trying to do tricks and stuff. You know. There's, there's none of that, and it's a shame. And that's what you know. It's what we need. We need, we need the, we need the fun put back into it because they, you know people go, they go to football. I bet Beckham used to put ten to fifteen thousand just on the, on the gate because no, they wanted to see him. Oh, that's what show. I, I always wanted to, you know, I always wanted a gun. It's the seats I always had. I got um, I got, I got FA um, seats at, at Wembley, and I was, I was never more than. 15 feet away from the England bench. Name dropper. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, I, I haven't dropped any names, but, it, <laughs> you know, I was never, you know, I, I was never far away from an English superstar, supposed superstar. And it, and I used to love those seats. You know, uh, it's, but it, yeah. I, I couldn't think of anybody that I'd want to sit next to or near. Now. Yeah, I mean, you, you heard it here, Joe, was never far away from an English superstar. That was until the restraining orders were issued. And yeah. <laughs> sure was came in. Uh, last little comment on this, please. Nicholas, before we move along. Oh, well, even though I've said, don't worry about coming to me now. No, I was oh, just, just say, seen it. I, no, I won't. The demise of English football, I was going to say, was when they stopped having team baths and all that to have separate showers. It they've, they've lost that You're point. right. You're right. What? Ruined team spirit, didn't it? Yeah. What? What? My my PE teacher made sure we kept up that tradition. <laughs> um, okay, so look, you know, we've we've talked about England. It is a little bit depressing in a lot of ways, but um, that was one of the options available to us on, with the fact we didn't have Palace this weekend. Um, so, uh, what did you guys do with your weekends instead of Palace? Um, I've already mentioned I went and had a, a 
poker night with um i should say with my work colleagues but you know they, i work that they work for me now because i've got a promotion so it's all a bit weird but um but yeah i went and lost poker to them but uh what'd you get up to albert this weekend uh i was at a wedding yesterday which is which is probably contributing to the fact i'm probably a bit quiet today because i was hanging out of my <laughs> proverbial this morning uh, yeah, our, our friend, family friends got married, so we went and drank an excessive amount. And the last thing I recall is um, dancing on the dance floor whilst holding a massive jug of milk. <laughs> right. Yep. That's, okay. that's yeah. And just yep. feeding it to people during um, R. Kelly ignition. <laughs> So that, is a, that is a great song choice to feed awesome. people milk. My, my, my best mate, my best mate Ashley, who is the cousin of the bride, he paid the DJ a tenner to play one last song because he really wanted to hear R. Kelly Ignition. <laughs> Why milk? Because that's what was in the jug. It was just there. It was, you know, it was in a hotel. There was a big jug of milk, and I yeah. just, I just brought it onto the dance floor. Thought people might be thirsty. <laughs> Seems fair enough. Anyone else dance with any other kind of liquids? Um, mainly the, just the alcohol, mainly. Yeah, that's that's the usual usual trick. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised by what you've said, but it is unusual. I'll be honest. I'm not surprised, but I am slightly disappointed. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Patrick, what have you been doing your weekend? Golf again, is it? Ah, uh, you know me too well, Christopher. Yes, I played golf yesterday. What's your, lower, what's, your, what's, what's your handicap now? It's about 16. It went up a little bit yesterday. It's a tough golf course. The rough is very high, and I can't putt, so that doesn't help me. But no. I did walk quite well. Isn't I'm, that quite an I'm playing part of golf? Putting? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, well Joe will tell you. I, I had like 36 putts, which is basically about average of two per hole. You want to get it like in the low 30s. Don't you only need 20s. to get it in once? It depends how far you are from the hole when you get it on the green there, Albert, so... I'm not usually that close. I'm not. I'm not exactly Rory McIlroy, so it's not always close to the hole. I've got a decent putt after I hit it like two or three times. So. I was pretty good at Windows Golf, Microsoft Golf. <laughs> yeah. Get some legs. I was to play football, Chris, on the weekend. By the way. Sorry, I'm just really, really enjoying Albert doing impressions of. Uh, yeah, of, me too. Um, that's the that, that's only time I can remember. <laughs> yeah. I like doing impressions of NBA Jam. Do you remember that? Puts up a brick! (laughs) (laughs) Gets the rebound! NBA 2K. Hopefully there's at least one other person who's being nostalgic about NBA Jam now I've done that. Um, Okay, and you you scored, did you, Patrick? Good goal, was it? It was a brilliant volley. Crossed on the right side. I played left midfield. Came in back post. Bottom corner. Brilliant. We lost 2-1, though. Is it a, a seniors team? Yeah, of course I'm a senior. (laughs) (laughs) That's an obvious question. Yeah, I'm a senior, but um, I enjoy it. I coach also with another game this weekend. So I'm I'm always kind of busy on the weekend, you know? I like to keep myself active. I'm getting up here. Exactly, you have to. You have to keep yourself active. Otherwise, you know, your age, especially. (laughs) Age thing again. I love it. Um, Jeremy. Sorry, Joe. I call him Jeremy. I apologise profusely for calling you Jeremy. You've already told us about date night, which sounded good. Either give us some more information about that, or tell us what else you got up to. Um, no, Worked yesterday. I've been Dulwich, and then worked in uh, Sick Cup this morning, and then at my daughter's house this afternoon. 
no rest Facebook. The, there's literally no rest for the week. <laughs> we, we, Joe, we wouldn't have to ask this normally because we'd just look on your Facebook. Right, exactly. Joe, so... You were... Um, that's Nick's brought up Facebook there. I think it's an ideal opportunity. Alluded to, to yeah. To Alluded discuss that you are currently banned from the social media site, Facebook. Shop. He balls up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. And it is. I never used to like Facebook. and um, But the last couple of years, I've, I've really sort of taken to it. But what I did was, it was myself and Lisa's wedding anniversary on Friday. And, uh, the coincidence? I know. I know. So what I did was... Oh, she, well, she, congratulations. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but anyway, yeah, and thanks for all my birthday fucking presents you, um, that you never got me on the 3rd of October. But anyway. I must have missed that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Did um, it come up on Facebook that it was your birthday? Yeah, 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 it did. There's about 700 people with me. Anyway, listen. That was pre-banning. So, <laughs> what I did was she, Lisa thought I'd forgotten so I put a picture up that I got from somewhere off the internet of some big fat old balding geezer bending down well look what you can see is his, is his backside and his old man's balls hanging down and it looks <laughs> like he's doing a bit of gardening and what I did was I text I, I tagged her and said look I haven't forgot I'm just picking you some flowers yeah, which is very funny. And I, and I put her name, and it did. It, you know, a lot of people thought it was funny. And but the thing is, on Facebook as well, I've only only friends can see my posts. So one of my friends, the Judas bastard, has um, has is that his name? Facebook. <laughs> yeah, has re- look him up. Should have friend him, mate. This <laughs> Do you know who the, it was? The clue was in the in in the name. Um, I don't know. It doesn't tell you. But I I I, I got some little message come up saying um. I'd say it about nudity and, and, and whatever. Um, you know, and, and, and then that was it. And then Lisa phoned me later on, on Saturday night and said, can't connect to your Facebook. What's going on? And that's been it. She's it connecting to your Facebook anyway. Well, because if, if we can't, because I live in a moody phone area, mobile phone area, and I'm generally in bed, um, if she sends me a message on Facebook or social media, then it bleeps and I, it's next to, me, next to me head. So I just have a, have a quick look. See if it's her, generally ignore it, and then go back to sleep. But, um, yeah, no, so I'm, so I'm currently banned. Um, but I, I, I didn't receive any notifications or anything from, from Facebook themselves, although Tom tells me that there is something up on my Facebook. You're under review, apparently. And under review, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I think Looking really is... closely at those balls. Don't... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really, want to, really want to get a nice close look, zoom in on those. Just to um, see how offensive they are. Do you know what I genuinely think it is, Joe? And I, I don't mean to offend you by this. You, no, I know what you're going to say. I, <laughs> I sent I sent two two messages to Facebook via Twitter, yeah. and I said, "Look, it couldn't possibly be me." <laughs> you did get because, <laughs> because my I got a tripod. I could, get, I could never get my grass that green. And the second one, <laughs> I said, was, um, by the way, this is not a selfie. Yeah, and and I've not received any communication. <laughs> Which is um, a bit peeved because well, it's not that as people will now find out is that we communicate every single day via messenger, a whole radio. We, every you know, day, every, every thirty yeah. seconds. Yeah, he is. Someone will say something called you know <laughs> of complete irrelevance to life. 
But it does. It goes yeah. off about 300 times a day, my messenger. But I, and, and I miss that. Being banned from Facebook, I can't. So all this lot have probably been talking about me for the last two days. And I've yep. Ooh, he found out. On the same subject, I taught uh, Greek myths last year at school to my class. And um, they all heard loads of myths. And the, the challenge was to write a story with a, with a Greek hero in and one of the kids said, uh, I said, who's your hero then? And he said, testicles, because he goes on lots of tests. <laughs> when you see it written down, it's testicles. I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> it's like and, But testicles, fantastic. It was oh, one of those, I've got people would have a laugh moment, you know, just quite, quite giggle to myself. So that's, that was at school, was it, that's in the, one of the pupils type? One of the pupils had called their have, Greek hero testicles. Have you seen that? There's a BuzzFeed article, and I urge people listening to this to search it. If we, if we can, Mikey will put the link to this on the a, Acast version of the podcast where we can put some links in. Uh, it's a BuzzFeed article called 16 um, Spelling Mistakes by, by Pupils, something along those lines. And there's, they're all good. They're all good. And there's some that I can't say on air. But the best one for me is the kid's done a brilliant drawing of Buzz Lightyear. And it's supposed to say, I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace in the speech bubble. But it actually says, I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in pies. <laughs> and when you see it, it just, <laughs> it's just the greatest thing ever. That's <laughs> phonics for you, mate. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's some prob- probably brilliant ones. There's a girl who... Um, mistakes the word horses for whores and talks about how much she likes whores and her dad wants whores but her mum won't let him get honestly just google roughly what i said and you'll find it uh I'll say like i say i'll get it on the acast version of this podcast as well it's absolutely brilliant oh um i did meant meant uh mean to mention that um one of the things i did whilst um not watching Palace this weekend. Let's go for a, a blood test, and I did an absolutely magnificent thing um, at my blood test. When rolling up my sleeve, uh, I sort of tried to put it quite hard up my arm, and I lost, let go of the sleeve while doing that action and punched myself straight in the face ridiculously <laughs> hard. Um, <laughs> and they just drank the blood from your nose. Yeah, they really could have. <laughs> and the, uh, the Merce or male nurse, as he's strictly speaking called. <laughs> just but the Merce. Uh, he Paul basically Merson. just, he just froze. Paul Merson, yeah. He just froze and like did not know what to do. So I looked up and I was like, kind of punched myself in the face a bit there, didn't I? And he just sort of, his shoulders started to shudder a little bit. I was like, I suppose that happens all the time, right? <laughs> and then he just <laughs> lost it. And uh, by, but then sort of by the end, he had to get someone else in to come and take my blood because he was uncontrolled. in the Uncontrolled mean, hysteria. How many holes have you got in your arm? You look like a heroin addict. Right? <laughs> exactly. Trying to go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. That's my that's my little story. Who have I spoken to about Lucy? You're you're you know what you've been up to. You in your profile picture now that I can currently see. You do seem to have either badly applied makeup or <laughs> you have in fact got face paint on. Yes, uh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Let's look like Alice Cooper. <laughs> Alice kids, Cooper. Nick said. Um, yes, last night I went to a horror maze walk thing um, just outside Leighton Buzzard, mm. which is about half an hour from where I live. Um, and 
it was amazing. It was really good. Basically, there were these four, diff- no, sorry, five different. Um, it was all in a big field, and there were these five different sections, and in each section was a different sort of theme. So the first one, it had like a haunted house theme, which mm. wasn't that great. But inside were live actors all dressed up, and it was based um, on the west of america so it was all like the hillbillies and a bit like deliverance type characters um and then one of the um rooms was the, called the dark and i'm not joking it was pitch black and you i wonder to, like, where, they, where they got that name from well done nick that room is called the dark we can see bugger all in it i tell you <laughs> Loose, loose, just shut my eyes. It was so bright. Push on, loose. Just push on. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it was, yeah, it was completely black. But there was things inside it, and people like grab, well, not grabbing at you, but sort of you could feel them there. And it was quite scary. And then there was a mm-hmm. chainsaw one. So this guy was wielding a chainsaw at the end, and he like chased you. And then <laughs> there was a uh, one called the shed, which was. Full of chocolate. son. Oh, Michelle's son. And then the last one had clowns in, and I've got a massive phobia of clowns, but I went in and kind of sort of conquered my fear. But so you face your fear. Are you now fine with clowns? Can I continue to send you horrible clown pictures? Um, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> okay. but, well, definitely yeah. no, one, no one sent a tweet already either. Oh, to, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't look at their faces, but that helped quite a lot. All right. <laughs> yeah, when really you wrote good. in the chat, Lucy, that you'd spent uh, the night with some clowns, I genuinely thought Charlton fan. <laughs> you just said. Oh, no, I wouldn't lower the tone, no. Yeah. Uh, producer Tom has put in the chat, I have a friend whose two biggest fears are clowns and Michael Caine. <laughs> so, Michael Caine in a clown suit is her greatest fear. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Don't squirt water at me. Anyway, um... Oh, I'll just move on from that. Thanks for the chuckle, Nick. I appreciate it. Is that what <laughs> you're No, sort oh. of, kind of. It was supposed to be, but it didn't really work, did it? Drawing attention to it. What did you do, Nick? Um, my weekend started in a panic for my son on Friday because he'd accidentally spent £100 um, on credits for some game on his phone, and he was mortified. I did manage to get the money back off Google, though, so wow. he wasn't worried about spending the money. He was worried I'd make him pay for it all. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, he'd accidentally spent a hundred quid on in-game currency. Who does bit, that? It's a bit much. Yeah, who does that? And that's a bit much, especially on kids' games where they have it, uh, in-game purchases. It's totally wrong. I saw Kanye West complaining about that on Twitter today. That's some... It's my own bloody fault for not making it more password protected. I won't yeah. worry, Nick. A couple of years, it'll be drugs, booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll think you'll think this is a good day, mate. <laughs> in years to come, three different girls then, pregnant. Yeah, yeah. and then the, the rest of the weekend was mainly kids football and IKEA. Hmm. Um, did you have the meatballs at IKEA? No, no. We just bought they had bars of chocolate, big bars of chocolate for fifty p. So we bought uh, a tenner's worth. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, if you want to vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards. 
Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that works so well. You, you can do so <clears throat> by visiting hlradio.net forward slash tweet vote or hlradio.net forward slash web vote. Thank you so much to everybody who has voted for us so far. Uh, there's been loads of you, and we're absolutely delighted to, to make the... Um, to make the finals to we'll be definitely be sending some people up to the awards um hopefully i'll, I'll get to go but it's not looking good for me at the moment because of work but we'll definitely have a few people up there uh it'd be lovely lovely to win something but it's just great to be nominated same middle class ben up there ben's definitely going any event where ben can go and mingle with people schmooze. ben will go schmooze yeah he is a schmoozer does, don't, don't see him. <laughs> I'm really happy with that. Don't see him uh, on whole radio so much, but yeah, any events he because we're radio, not famous enough. You'd hear him. Both good points. I saw um, some horrific photo of him about a month ago, arm in arm with Piers Morgan. It was Piers, yeah. He oh, needs a slap yeah. for that. Who is also who is also nominated at the FBAs for yeah. best sports influencer. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell that is. I'm not yeah, going to say anything in case it discredits the entire ceremony of which we are a part of. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, and they're so is he, Sorry, guys. So, so is he going to go, go up there? Will he be there? He's going with Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how, how come he can yeah. go on Facebook with his arm around Piers Morgan mm. and yet Jill gets banned for showing a pair of knackers? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> no you know justice. I mean? there's, there's no justice in this world. No. Do you know what? Now you've said that, um, I'm going to report him as well. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke. I did not report you, Jim. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just give it away, didn't he? he said, as well. That was, as that well, was a genuine it, joke. Point in slip. It was. Fine, believe me. Believe what you want to believe. I'm capable of thinking about things and comedic things and that. It's not just Albert who does it. Seeing that picture reminded me of a great joke about when you went swimming when you were, uh, a couple of years ago, Chris, and you um, you dived in the pool and your trunks fell down and a kid pointed at the bum sticking out and said, yeah, that bored bloke's cut his head open. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, of course it isn't true. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate you, Nick. <laughs> Apparently, Nick, you've got a story about Dominic is, Brewster. Is Dominic Brewster. Do you, remember, um, do you remember Terry who put his knife in the boot of the car? Oh, that, that's a reference to a joke. Yeah, I don't know if Mikey can add it at the end of the pod. Well, Dominic Brewster worked at the same de- dairy when I used to be a cheesemaker. Um, he was off on Christmas because he, um, he, he cooked his uh, turkey from Frozen with the giblets in. <laughs> um, and then he, he rang up work and said, I won't be in. I've broken my leg. Oh, how'd you break your leg? I was, I was uh, out on my child's bike and... Um, I was going down a big steep slope and I was going a bit fast. So I pulled the brake and the bike went over the top of me. I said, oh, what brake did you pull? He said, the front brake. I said, oh, you don't want to pull the front brake when you're going downhill because the bike will go over the top of you. He said, well, I know that now. Yeah, it all burns up his legs when he came back. A couple of weeks later. <laughs> and then uh, about six months passed and his leg was back and it was his first weekend out on his trials bike. And the Monday after, he's rang it, I'm not going to be in, Nick. Oh, what's the matter? They'll come off the bike. So, what's happened? He said, well, I was sliding down your backwards, and you said, don't pull the front brake. <laughs> I pulled the back brake, the bike went over the top of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. So, at that company. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Dominic. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's a legend. It's, he actually um, looks like Terry Fuckwick from Viz as well. He was a spitting image. I don't, uh, if you want to look that up, he, he did look like Dominic Brewster so much. But yeah, he was a lovely bloke. He just didn't think sometimes. Excellent. Well, there you go. That was well worth it, wasn't it? I just spotted that on our, our show document. We hadn't actually mentioned that. But um, yeah, terrific stuff. Well, actually, coming up next, I think we're going to have Lucy's uh, all-time five-a-side pick. Um, you would have heard Albert's earlier on. Let's see what Lucy comes up with. HOLradio.net Well, it's time for uh, Lucy's ultimate five-a-side team. Now, Lucy, you are the manager of a uh, like a fantasy five-a-side team. You've got the entire squad full of Palace players from ex- the entire existence to choose from. So you've got to give me a, give me your five choices. Now, obviously, you'll probably want to start with a goalkeeper, and then it's up to you what kind of a formation you'll pick. Uh, some of the people in the past have used some quite elaborate formations. I can't quite remember. Albert sort of formed a T-shape, if I remember rightly. It doesn't really make any sense. But um, what, what, do you th- what are you going to start with? Okay, um, I thought long and hard about this, um, and for me, (laughs) there was really only one choice goalkeeper, and that was the six foot two former mustachioed Palace and England legend Nigel Martin. Uh, Nigel Martin with moustache or without moustache? With moustache, I think. Do you think? Go on, Michael. That's how I remember him the most. Do you think the moustache adds any power for a goalkeeper? Um, I mean, let's think probably. about it. David Seaman. David Seaman was, you know, in, in the England goal for a long, long time with moustache, you know. There was a brief yeah. period where he shaved the moustache off and he was beaten from long range quite regularly. Do you think it's a bit like perhaps... Samson and it is. All the power is in the moustache. Yeah, I think... You look at Jules as a complete opposite. Mm. He had long hair. It was rubbish. Cut it all off. Completely different goalie. Goalkeepers are an enigma, aren't they? There's definitely something to do with hair and goalkeepers that, that kind of that kind of links. Ian Walker, you know, he used to have ridiculous hair. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was picked for England with that hair. So uh, I think we should do a comprehensive study of hair and goalkeepers. That's my theory. Yeah, but, let's, right. Let's um, not mention Bruce Grobbler. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> no, he did. In the early days, he did have good hair. Listen, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to think about this on my own. Perhaps we'll do a separate show about it. But um, in the meantime, you know, I, I agree with you. Mustachioed Nigel Martin, um, you know, circa 1991, I, I think, you know. I did say 1991. It sounded like 1991. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, good, ch- good shout. Okay, so what are you doing with the rest of the formation? You've got, you know, obviously you've got another four to choose from. How many defenders, midfielders and attackers you have? What are you thinking? Well... I could have gone with just a load of defenders based on who I liked the most for their handsome good looks. But yeah, you could have done, but then you'd have been looked down upon, particularly by Nick Gillard, who's yeah. just, just not up for that, is he? Doesn't I thought like it. better of that, and yeah. um, I've just gone for the one for that reason. <laughs> okay. And um, who would that be? Let me think. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Damien Finbar Delaney. <laughs> Are you, is your oh, do you know what? It's actually a really good choice, five-a-side terms. 
um, you know, because he's he's quite decent on the ball as well. Um, the only thing that I worry about, I'd like to get your opinion on this, is um, you know his penchant for a long diagonal through ball. They'd probably go on to about five or six pitches <laughs> down the down the road. Is that going to be a problem for you? No, I will work them very hard in training to make sure that he doesn't do that. <laughs> All right, good shout. Um, well, I mean, you know, okay, that's that's fine. Damien Delaney's there. You, you, this is all time. It's, you know what? What puts Damien above all the other defenders you can think of? I mean, you know, you're thinking people like Gareth Southgate, you know, Richard Shaw. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, Chris Coleman. You know, Danny Granville. Uh, Danny Granville, of course. <laughs> Danny Granville. Yeah. How could I possibly have forgotten that? As, uh, <laughs> um. Do I really have to explain why I picked Delaney? No, you don't. No, I was just being a little bit, you know, mischievous. Facetious. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, let's 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 look. You know, the football side of it. He's a good shout in a five-a-side team. Like I said, I think he's. Uh, you know, he'll cover a lot of ground. You know, it's as good as a good shout. So, how many in midfield? So I've got two in midfield. All right. Now, let's see if you can beat Ben Nagel, who picked Nick Carl as one of his all-time. <laughs> best midfielders that could play for, all, the all time any midfielders you like who've ever played for Palace and Ben Nagel picked Nick Carl so what have you got right so my first one is the one and only Sir Jeff of Thomas I see brilliant shout again now would Jeff be your captain or would Damien Delaney be your captain or are you all got a team of captains no I would have Jeff as my captain um, correct answer he was the first player I ever loved he was a massive hero, not just to me, but to everybody at Palace. Um, and I met him for the first time this year at the Player of the Year Awards. And he was outside in the foyer and a lot of people were going up to speak to him. And I sort of sheepishly went up with, with him, uh, with my friend Will. And um, I just said... Chinese Will. <laughs> Chinese Will, yeah. yeah. And I said to him... Oh, you were my hero when I was a little girl. Can I have a picture? And he kind of looked sort of really humbled and taken aback. And he was oh, oh, thank you very much. That's a really sweet thing to say. And he, we, I mean, we've just voted him in in our ultimate 25-man squad on the normal show. He was, he was Captain Fantastic. He was just an utter hero. And not just as a player, but, you know, after that, after everything he went through, and I know we had a long discussion about him last week on the show, but, yeah, he was just outstanding. He was an outstanding man, player, captain, and I just think oh, I couldn't really pick anybody else. No, you're absolutely right. It's a great justification. And, obviously, at the Player of the Year Awards uh, thing, he's probably one of the few players who don't have restraining orders against you that you could actually approach. <laughs> so that's that's a good, positive thing, no, and, and an excellent choice. And, again, in a five-a-side team, you know, he's exactly the character you want. He'd be putting himself about, you know. So, who plays alongside Sir Jeff? The one and only bald eagle, Attilio Lombardo. It's good. It's good. It's, it's a name difficult to say without going into uh, some stupid accent. I was going to say <laughs> Italian, but nah. Attilio Lombardo. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, and it's not too much justification needed there, is there? Quite simply, no. the best player to have pulled on a Palace shirt. You know, goodbye. Is up there in terms of signings, definitely, but in terms of just the random excitement of having this superstar in our midst, who you know, like I say, when he left left Palace, he went on to great things. Still, you know, won won some titles and cups and things after leaving Palace. He was absolutely amazing. So it's well, a very very strong side at the moment. So the, um, the thing with Lombardo as well, he 
I think he it was well, I've got written down he only appeared for us like 49 times mm. and that's such a small amount for someone to be such a legend at the club yeah it, it, it's tragic in a lot of ways because you know it's not like he wanted to leave he would have stayed around a lot longer had the club not had the difficulties it had you know in a weird way the money that went out on on him was partially responsible for the fact that the club struggled so much um, but yeah I it to, to only have that short spell with him, like you say, he's so well revered. But it was just a phenomenal thing to see. It was only really Matt Jansen who, who linked with him in a, in, on the, even on nearly the same wavelength. It was so you sort of first my first proper look, you know, up close of a player who could who was just that good, who was just yeah. that far above people. You didn't really know those people existed. Um, and I think a lot of people are seeing that now with the current Palace side. But yeah, great choice. Um, yeah, okay. So last but not least, you've got your final player, who will be yes. a striker, of course. Okay, so this might be considered a bit controversial with some, but I've picked Dougie Friedman. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, now I'm going to be looking at him as a striker and not as a manager, because... Yep. His two spells at the club as a player, he was, you know, he was part of a promotion team twice, 96-97 and then the 03-04 seasons. You know, he he was just he was great. I mean, he, uh, later on in his career, he was overlooked by the likes of Clinton and AJ and kind of like side, got sidelined, but you know, he was one of the very few Palace players that scored over 100 goals for the club, including goals against Brighton and we don't forget the goals against Brighton Exactly. and I just think okay so post being a player yes what happened with the Bolton thing and leaving us and you know it, it was a that was a horrible period of the Dougie Palace relationship but as a player you can't deny that he was he was great for us and I think he would definitely add to my squad alright well look it's a good he, well, it's no, there's no doubting Dougie the player was a fantastic player for Palace, and there's also no doubting that you know he did some, a lot of great things while manager here. You know, in yeah. terms of the players he brought in and what have you. But it is a, it is a um, relationship that is soured. It is something that you know that people will look upon, and also people will look upon Dougie and say, well, you know, he never really did it at the top level. He, you know, he was he was with us in those difficult times, and you know, he went away and then he came back. But really, he didn't ever perform at the Premier League level, so. You got people like Ian Wright and Mark Bright, you know, who immediately spring to mind from the time you've been watching Palace. AJ, of course, did do it at the top level. I um, did have AJ as one yeah. of the names down. But you went for Dougie. I'm going to support you a little bit in this here because if you look at the team that you've put together, obviously mm-hmm. big Nigel goal. You've got the the steel of Thomas and and Delaney there providing defensive cover. But the kind of striker that's going to link best with Lombardo, you think in a five-a-side match, that's got to be a clever striker looking for little touches and being able to finish. And I think Dougie's a good choice there because that's what his game was all about. It was all about clever movement and being able to finish well. You know, he's much more of a technical player. There was no blistering pace to get away from people and smash the ball in the net and didn't really play him behind or anything like that. So it's actually, I think it's a very good tactical choice. Uh, even if he is a dodgy, no, I'm not going to finish that sentence. I've as I myself. said, I'm looking at him as a player, not as a manager. Because yeah, yeah. he would have been 
first one out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, I think it's interesting how things work out, isn't it? Because he ended up doing us a favour, really, by leaving. Yeah. Um, you know, we always saw saw the worst sort of the worst side of it. And he, let's face it, he did leave for money and the opportunity, uh, money and an opportunity we weren't going to give him. And yeah. but for but for one goal, I think it was goal difference. He actually would have got bolted into the playoffs that season instead of us. So people uh, would do well to remember that. Okay, we're bad at Bolton, but you know he had a different <laughs> set of circumstances afterwards. He had to sell players and you know manage wages. So you know he's looked upon as this sort of eight-game manager and, and a failure really by by Palace fans. But you know I like to think that you know, when you listen to the things that Steve Parrish has said about him since about how much how much helpful sorry how helpful he was in actually structuring the team and get you know teaching the the new owners. You know that you need to set standards, and this is what you have to do. And this, you know, this is how you manage a club. And you know, they sort of learn together, really. So it's a big part of our history, and, and gave a lot to the club. And I think over over the next few years, I think that um, the attitude towards him will soften, and we'll go back to remembering a bit fondly. But he did It'll be sour like it. Next, won't it? <laughs> so that It'll be like getting over an ex. The pain will, will yeah. be there, but it won't hurt. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we've moved on. We've got got someone else now, Alan Pardew. We've had several others since him. <laughs> we have, but they all felt like a little bit. They were rebounds, you know. Yeah. Never, exactly. Yeah, and you know, we went back to Warnock, and you know, he's an experienced man, but <laughs> he should never go back. Should never go back. No. no. <laughs> Apart from if you're re-signing um, Clinton Morrison. Oh yeah. And Dougie, of course. Yeah. 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 But don't yeah don't go back. Sometimes is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's leave that there. Good selection. Cheers, Lucy. Thank you. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Right, so you've probably just heard me announce that there's a quiz coming up. It sounds exciting, doesn't it? And um, to be honest with you, the first time we recorded the half of it, it was pretty exciting. It was quite funny. Everyone was sort of fresh and happy and, you know, raring to go. And it was, it was I would class it broadly as entertainment. So what followed um, about halfway into that first recording of the quiz, Mikey revealed that he hadn't actually been recording any of the audio. Now, as a producer, you would think he'd probably target the audio as the thing to record, but no, he wasn't recording that. And um, so we had to then start again, which involved us writing a whole set of new questions, um, involved us you know, swapping clips over and all this kind of stuff, all in a very, very short space of time. So what actually happened was there were three rounds to this quiz, Round one was a music intros round, and people had to guess what they were. Thought that'd be funny, won't it? It it won't the second time you record it with songs you haven't really prepared. Um, that didn't work. So, and then we had round three, which was uh, a um, quick fire question thing. But what really helps is if that anyone knows the answer to any of the questions and isn't in a position in you know general feeling that they want to kill themselves because everyone was pretty down about it to be honest with you by that point because we've been recording for about two and a half hours now so what we've ended up with is a quiz where only the second round will be used um that is passable and includes several quite funny moments that will do pass as entertainment so i hope you do enjoy the only round we're actually going to put on this podcast and thank goodness it was a podcast and not live because i would have left the show uh, after some of what we um 
put together. Uh, and if you're sitting there thinking, I'm a bit of a completist of Whole Radio, I know there's some really, really uh, dedicated fans of Whole Radio out there who think, no, I really would like to have heard those two other rounds. You would not. You would not like to hear them at all. You, I promise you that. I don't want to hear them, and I was involved in them. Um, so there you go. Hopefully that's uh, enough of an explanation and an introduction for you. So if I'm referring at any point to scores uh, that don't seem to make any sense or Nick constantly references some kind of other um, back joke that you're not aware of, it's probably been cut out because it was appalling. So just bear that in mind. really hope you enjoy what's left, which is round two. It's truth or lie. Some of the stories actually happened to the people involved some of the stories were completely fabricated some which were so quite obviously fabricated by myself and mikey in a very short space of time but they are enjoyable nonetheless i think you'll find so round two is truth or lie each member of the team will give a uh, will tell a story that story will either be true or it will be a lie and the opposing team have to confer, ask questions to see which, whether they can reveal, well, whether they can guess whether it's a truth or a lie correctly. It's sort of like would I lie to you, but very different for legal reasons. I once made Leslie Joseph from Birds of a Feather drink something she'd asked not to. Nice to hear Leslie Joseph getting a mention on a football podcast. Um, That's great. So, Who guys, is Leslie Joseph? Well, that is a good question to ask Lucy. Please take the questions. As in the first bit, she's in Birds of a Feather. Yeah, but, yeah, who is but she in Birds which of a one? Feather? Is she Pauline Quirk? She's the do- one that- Well, no, she's Leslie Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> which character is she in Birds? She's Dorian, the neighbour. It's not Linda Robson, then? No, it's Leslie Joseph. <laughs> okay. So it's the, the one with the black curly hair? It's the neighbour. Yeah. Where yeah. was this? Where did it happen? It happened uh, again at the theatre when I was working there about ten years ago. And was she was she uh, a part of the production? She was. What was she playing? Who was she playing? Uh, that I can't remember, but she was the star of the show. It was it was a it was a play, it wasn't a big production, it was a lesser known play because in Northampton there's two theatres, a smaller one and then the big one when they have all the panto and stuff. What's what they call the theatres? It's the Royal and Derngate. Okay, now, um, what what did you give her that she didn't want? Um, UHT milk. Okay, and was it from one of those little cartons? I can't believe yeah. it's not taste. Ta- I can't believe this is tasteless or whatever. It's you called. know the little tiny ones that you get when you. Yeah, get- and yeah. what what was it in a cup of tea? Um, she. Or put did it she want a whole whole pint of this, and you were there for ages? She put and it. You put the full cream in, and by the last three, you got so pissed off with her, you put UHT in in the last three, and she found out. No, she put it in herself in a cup of tea, but well, if she put it in, why is she having to go at you? Cause she didn't know that she did it. Were you supposed to tell her you know that's UHT, Leslie Joseph, not Pauline Quirk or Linda Robson? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she didn't know that she was drinking it. But she must have known because she put it in. No. You're lying, girl. You're no. lying. Right, so what happened? I was at the bar. I, I was working in the day and she came up to me and asked if she could have a cup of tea and could she have real milk. And usually we only keep real milk for the customers to make frothy coffees. So 
she was actually a bit of a bitch. So we, me and my friend Lizzie, decided that she would, um, that she didn't to pay her back for being such a bitch. We would pour loads of UHT cartons in a jug, put it in the fridge, and then next time she came and said, "Do you want some real milk?" We'd pretend we got real milk out of the fridge and gave it to her. So you, you were there. How were you thinking now after peeling all them lids? I was all right. <laughs> Did you get? Yeah, did you get any four? Oh. I think she's lying because I've added stuff and then she's included it in her own lie. <laughs> right, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you lie, girl. I don't know if Jell and uh, Tom agree with me or not, but. I was going to interrupt you, Nick, because you, essentially at one point you tried to start telling the story that Lucy was telling. Yeah. Um, so it has got kind of confusing and the detail you've gone into. I'll be honest, it's been tedious. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Jill, do you have any <laughs> questions for Lucy? I, no. No? Really. No, have you gone to no. sleep like Sorry, I did? I, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> good, good. Joe, anything anything to add? Uh, no, I was just saying, it's a phone call, so... Um, no, I'll let you do but, but judging by the way Captain Gus it was flapping his gums I was looking at the screen he's done enough for us alright <laughs> so whatever Nick says false. so Nick you're going to go with what? lies false. you're going to go with false in a game of truth or lie <laughs> <laughs> copyright copyright it's truth or lie so you're going with lie rather than false right? okay it's a fib <laughs> fib or fab so, shut up, everyone. <laughs> Lucy, can you please reveal whether your story is true or a lie? My story is true. What did I pay you for? Oh. Some of that. That's a magnificent okay. double bluff, Lucy. You sounded like an idiot recounting a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like an idiot. That's true. That's true. Seriously, I can't believe. Gus, it was you there. No, you I'm made up half that story. Yeah. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully uh, that was a very, very strong round for Lucy there. Nick's embarrassed himself. Uh, next up is Tom. Tom, can you please reveal your story? Until the age of 11, I didn't know a toaster existed and used an iron to make toast. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> what kind of did you use? What type of iron did you use? Just, iron. you know, whatever, whatever iron my parents had that house. I wasn't specifically into iron brands at the time. Morton <laughs> Richards. Possibly. Um, how did you discover... How, how did you then discover the toaster? Well, when I was away on holiday, I guess, probably. Um, when I went on scout camp. And we were in sort of, you know, as you go around scout camps. In a forest? You discovered a toaster in a forest? In a tent? Let me finish. Let me finish. When you go to the... Oh, I me iron. Oh, I've got a toaster. (laughs) Ah, the iron was already there. The scout master. Uh, No, come on, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) When you go to down campsite, you don't actually always camp outside. They have a big mess hut which is where they normally have for all the uh, the boys to go and have their meals a communal thing you know for breakfast lunch and dinner indoors all weather sort of type facilities as you get with scouts nowadays um and they were yeah they were making eggy bread and uh yeah they were having low toast on the side so that's they when they eggs so they used washing powder <laughs> you don't make eggy bread in a toaster though oh no they don't but they were making it alongside the eggy bread 
So you How'd had you egg on toast? No, that would be ridiculous. How'd you clean it? How'd you clean the iron? Why, why would you clean it? I've used it for toast. You don't clean it off. No. Really? Yes. You leave the crumbs on, on the iron? So you had a, did you have a separate iron for toasting and then an iron for... Good question. <laughs> Good no, question. Not, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I just, you just, you know, you go, you go into the, the living room where you, your mum keeps the ironing board and right. uh, you just take, take your loaf of bread and uh, just get cracking, really. You know? right. Both, both sides, a couple of minutes. That this is the hambo lie. Did you burn your ears when somebody rang up while you were doing um, Hey! hey. <laughs> Lie. It's a lie. Lie. Right, so you're going quite equivalently with a lie there. Tom, can you please reveal if that is a true story or a lie? Of course it's a lie. It's a lie and clearly written by Mikey, just so you know. (laughs) 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 All right, I'm not responsible for that one. Oh, well. Well, that's recorded. Thanks, Mikey. Thank you. That's the lose, don't you? Okay, so Patrick, you are up next. And uh, can you please tell Nick, Jell, and Tom your story? When I was a freshman in college, I had a job as an usher at a th- cinema. On my first day, there were gunshots in the movie theater, and the movie theater, a uh, movie was uh, Scarface world premiere. Where did you go to college? St. John's University in Queens. Well, I didn't go to college. Oh. Wait a minute. You're trying to say I didn't go to college, Tom? I know. I, I, know, I, I, asked, I asked where you went to college. <laughs> so you said there was a gunshot. Whereabouts in the theatre did the gunshot come from? And how near to you were? How near were you to it? Um, they came from the back. I was actually towards the front. So I wasn't that close, thankfully. So was, was, anyone, was, was anyone actually shot? Yes, three people were shot. It was in the newspaper the next, the next day. And on the news that night. And what did Al Pacino, how did Al Pacino react when, when all this went on? I bet he shit himself. Al, Scarface, he said it was a premiere of Scarface, yes? Yeah, um, he was, uh, he didn't really react. I mean, it was, he was in, I was in, a, most of the stars were in the front of the theatre, obviously. And um, they didn't really realise, they thought it was, it was actually during a scene that was shooting on the screen at the same time. So people in the front didn't really realise it actually happened until people started screaming. Then Where it, were then you it, standing? There was a new brand of interactive cinema going. <laughs> I, I, I was in the front with the, uh, where the stars were, of course. Did you have to leap across Pacino as the shots went off just to save his ass? To be honest with you, I, I ran to the exit sign. I didn't really care about the, what was going on. I was pretty scared at the time. What was you wearing? A tuxedo. We had to dress up in tuxedos. So I had a burgundy tuxedo with a, with a, with a nice uh, burgundy tie with trousers well, really and, nice. um, and, a, and a nice little fl- puffy shirt. And when was this? My freshman year. So that was 1983. So how come you ended up at, at the premiere? I mean, it's, my uh, my dad my dad got me a job um, at the theater. Uh, it was a very famous theater, by the way. So most of the premieres um, were, were shown in that, in that theater. So I saw a premiere of Scarface. Um, what's the name of that movie with the with the um, with the Daryl Hannah? Um, Splash. Splash was there. Thank you. Splash was there. Uh, a couple of them. They did a lot of movie premieres that year at that okay. theater. Okay. Are we getting any closer? How, to how long did you work there for? One day, a year. Any closer to knowing if this is a truth or a lie, please? I'm, I'm going to leave this to my team because I, I can't tell either way. Tom, what do you think? I'm not sure. My gut instinct is a lie because it sounds similar to what happened in um, a couple of years ago with the Batman screening rather Batman. than... Ooh. Ooh. 
is America. Patrick really, can usher at that as well, then. <laughs> See, the thing is, having gunshots there, would, it would make, it's just an American thing to do. But I just, I just... <laughs> yeah, that was a good film, I shoot holes in the ceiling type thing. I just, I, I think it'd be more widely known, surely, if there was a yeah, no, no, shooting I'm, at... I'm, I'm not having it. How many people were in there, Patrick? About 150. And was it a, a, a world premiere? World Scarface? Yeah. yeah. We did it, yeah. One world premiere. When was 100, it? 150 when, people. It was 1983. 22 years ago? No, 32 uh, years ago. God almighty. Oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> Really just hit me. I'm so I'm old. suffering from the trauma of that night. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am, Albert. Well, there we go. Can we please get an answer? Nick, you are team captain, so you do have to give the answer. Gel, Tom, can you please let Nick know what you think? I think it's I, I think it's I well. I don't think... I don't think... I, I'm sure we'd have heard about a shooting. Maybe it was an usher, but there was no shooting. It's, it's a lie. Okay, Patrick, can you please reveal if your story is true or a lie? In fact, it is... True. I knew it was. Well, well done. It was 30 years ago, Nick. How would you even know? if You, you, you read the paper from 30 years ago in, in New York City. How would you know? If, I mean, how did... <laughs> Google. Hello to my little friend. It didn't exist 32 years ago. You do realise that, right? All yeah, the I watched Oracle on, all the time, and I never saw it on Oracle or CPAC. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't worry. This is getting, uh, getting fairly brutal. Um, yeah. It's currently 3-0 in this. In this Come game. on. So really, you've got to get back in the game, Nick, Jill, and Tom. you really got to get back in the game here. The next person to reveal their story is, in fact, Albert. I once got winded by getting punched in the stomach by Tom Cruise. What did, Where was what? this? Did uh, you lose that high? <laughs> Very good. Uh, it was at Leavesden Studios in Hertfordshire. Set the scene. Tell us about it. So how did, how did the situation occur? Uh, I, we were working on uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know if any of you have seen that movie. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, cool. Um, well, I, I worked on that, and we were filming a scene out on the back lot. Um, I was going about my business, doing my job, and I, I heard... Um, just a voice from behind me say, uh, excuse me, mate, like in a really bad English fake Dick Van Dyke type cockney accent. <laughs> uh, and I turned around and it was Tom Cruise in full costume. Um, obviously, I stepped to one side to let him pass and, you know, oh, sort of, sorry, sir, sort of thing. And um, he just punched me in the stomach as he walked past. And then uh, that's how I got winded. Wow. How did you treat your wind? Hmm? What did you do when you were winded? Did you do the old bending over, arms down? Yeah, I, yeah. Hang, or? Well, it was, you know, it's, you know, when you, you're, you're, it wasn't necessarily a hard punch, but I was, you know, breathing in and it just, it was just Being winded is one of the most horrible things ever, actually. Cause Especially by Tom Cruise. And you can't say, I don't, I don't give a, who, Was who he aware of the aforementioned winding? Uh, I, I, I didn't. I tried not to make a meal of it. You know, you want to play it cool. <laughs> so I probably just did a bit of it. <coughs> um, and what, and what was he wearing in terms of costume? He was. Uh, have you seen the movie? 
Right. He was in um, Army uniform. full exosuit um, costume, Ooh. which what, has got a big... Yeah. It's uncalled for, it. but Nick seems to have lost focus of the game, and I want to ask you this, Albert. Um, was it a functioning exosuit? Uh, yeah, fully. fully. <laughs> exosuit. What a great film. Fully functioning. They it, it could be like possible. 80, 80, 80 pounds or something, those suits weighed. Oh, wow. And when was this, Albert? Uh, this would have been 2012. Did you have to um, report him? <laughs> Did you fill out the health and safety box? No, I just, you know, just, just carried on. Okay, what 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 function were you performing at this time? Just That's getting in, in the way. What is my job? Well, what what were you doing in your job at the time? I was, what were you up to? Were you taking something somewhere? Were you were you just hanging around? I was I was actually on. I was instructing uh, my team. Um, it was quite a big, big set. It's the big beach um, sequence. Um, we, I, I, I instruct the people who sort of, you know, we have to sort of move all the set pieces and the dressing around. And I was on the walkie-talkie, um, communicating over quite a long distance. And that's okay. why I was unaware that um, leading Scientologist Tom Cruise was approaching me. <laughs> <laughs> He, he won, he's won loads of awards for abstract nouns in Scientology. Mm, brilliant. Can we please um, uh, focus? <laughs> was, he, uh, was he not surrounded by any entourage? I mean, it seems a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, he had a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of entourage. Um, so, how, so, I mean, when they've acted as some kind of winding barrier to you? <laughs> no. Winding barrier. <laughs> no, that's not a function that they're they're paid. They're not paid enough to do that. Okay, look, uh, so a couple more questions at most, please, guys. We need to get to the idea of this is true or a lie, just in case you're wondering what we're doing. I, exactly. I, I think it's true just because he's... But then it could be a lie. What? Could, no, no, I'm just thinking, is he double bluffing? Because we know he works in the industry. Let's just, just, just call it a lie, Nick. Let's call it a lie. Let's call it a lie. He's a lie. Tom, are you with that? Tom, yeah. You with that? yeah, I'll go with the majority. I think it's probably true, but I'll go with the majority. Well, Albert, can you please reveal if it is true or a lie? Of course it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Come on! There you go. Well done, Albert. Well played. Now I think about it, I think Albert actually told me this story before. <laughs> Probably he has. Oh, um, I'm a great so story. And also from the set well done, of that Tom. film, also from the set of that film, Albert has a video of him and Tom Cruise posing for a picture. Yes, when someone's remember. accidentally videoed it, and just you have that on a loop, don't you, Albert? I've, it's I've good. Started in my own three-second movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can force feed Leslie Joseph with whatever and. And get bashed up by Tom Cruise. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Impressive, isn't it? Oh, Impressive. Yes. Jill, you are up next. A man of many stories. Is the story you're going to tell today going to be true or false? Well, let's hear it. Uh, I was once kidnapped in Glasgow over a stolen Ferrari. Why were you in Glasgow? Uh, to hand over some documents. What documents? The documents for the Ferrari. And a, and a spare key and immobiliser. Whose Ferrari was it? It belonged to a friend. What friend? Oh, I can't say his name. Because he doesn't exist? <laughs> no, he absolutely exists. So why were, you, why were you dealing with the Ferrari? Because he's a pacifist. 
Hang on a minute. So you were the muscle in this situation? Um, well, sort of, yeah. Yeah, I was going, I was going to hand over, I was going to collect some money, hand over the, the V5 spare key, um, and, uh... Break some fingers. Well, not really, because there was four of them when I turned up. How long ago was this, Joe? Uh, about seven, six or seven years ago. Was it a new Ferrari, or was it vintage? Uh, it wasn't a vintage, it was a 96 512M, but they only made 31 right-hand drives, and it was a, it was a right-hand drive. If you, if you imagine what a, a 512M is, a Mark III Tessarossa. So if oh, you yeah. Know. You're a Tessarossa. <laughs> <laughs> um, what colour was it? Red. How Rosso much Crema. was it going for? It's called, it's called Rosso Crema, red and creamy leather. Uh, well, we... <laughs> It, I can't see the, the the car's worth now. The car you can't get a five one two M for less than hundred and twenty thousand. Probably. Get how much were you selling it for at the time? Uh, I wasn't selling it. It was actually sold to some person in Scotland without my friend's knowledge. In Edinburgh? No, it was in in Glasgow. Um, do you need to ask any more questions, Lucy? Oh, I th- oh, no, I don't, I think, don't think so. Do you? I, I think it's true. Yeah, I think it's true as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, Patrick has just returned, but he hasn't, probably hasn't heard any of that story. So, uh, Lucy and Albert are going with true. Joe, can you please re- reveal if your story is true or, th- or not? <laughs> it's um, true. Yay! Hey, there you go. <laughs> well done, Albert. Okay, well, so that is another point for Albert. Uh, Nick, you are the final person to be delivering a story. Let's let's <laughs> see what kind of a story it is. Is it true? Is it a lie? Who knows? When I was a kid, me and my brother Grant were riding our bikes to the shops. As we were passing a parked car, the driver door opened and knocked me off my bike. I dislocated an elbow, and as I rolled around in pain, the owner of the car came over to help me. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lie. No, fucking. Should I give you another lie? Sorry, so funny. No, please. <laughs> 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 it's so cruel. How can I not laugh when I'm reading that? I'm really sorry, Nick. Finish it. Come on. <laughs> oh, just try that last part of it again. Come on. It wasn't clear. <laughs> When I was a kid, I was only riding my bike with my brother, and we were going past the park. Norman Wisdom only opened the door on me, didn't he? Oh, I was all over the place, shopping all over the road. He there came out with that on. So I Thank don't you. think I don't think Nick Nick's quite uh, good at this game. He's very difficult to tell whether or not he had. Uh, well, that was a story he was recounting from his own life that just caused uh, abject hilarity. But uh, there you go, um, Norman Wisdom. <laughs> I'm going to start with the question. Did he? Uh, did he say "Ooh, Mr. Grimsdale" or anything no, like he that? When he, no? he didn't. He had an Albania shirt on. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> um, guys, uh, Lucy and Albert uh, with Patrick still having problems. Can you uh, please ask to, any questions to, to make to... you feel better? Did he pretend to fall over? <laughs> no, but he did tell me. He took me for a cup of tea and was telling me about the time he saw um, Dying the Doors with no clothes on. 
How old were you? How old was I when I was about? Um, oh, I must have been eleven. My brother was five. And where did this take place? Um, we were living in Cornwall at the time, oh. on the Boslowick Estate. Fine. And um, it was a roller, Rolls Royce, gold. Did you know, did, did, were you aware that Norman Wisdom lived in the area? Was he just visiting, or he was visiting? Playing in Windis. Yeah, that's not Norman Wisdom, mate. <laughs> No, he'd, he'd actually fallen on hard times. Although he was a big star in Albania, he wasn't actually getting any royalties because that was in the early days. Of, they used to listen to Normal Wisdom on pirated cassettes. Hmm. So that's 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 how he fell on hard times. And what injuries did you sustain? Um, just a uh, fractured elbow, I think. Yeah, it was fractured mm-hmm. elbow. Not dislocated, like you said the first time round. No, no, there was some dislocation as well. I just snapped oh, that. Blimey. <laughs> Probably got any elbow left. Yeah. Um, which elbow was it? Um, my left elbow. On my front. On my front leg. On your front leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a uh, that is a callback to a previous show we recorded where I kept referring to people's rear legs. Um, when I when I meant clearly that's they just have legs. Well, anyway, let's 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 get your answers. Do you think that? Nick is telling the truth. Is it the greatest double bluff of all time, Lucy? It could honestly be. Yeah. Couldn't it? What do you reckon? I reckon we're so far ahead; it doesn't really matter. That is very the, true. I, I would I, like it to be true. I'd like it to be true. I'd like it to be true. <sighs> so you're going with false? Nick, you actually <laughs> reveal properly whether or not the story is true or false. It's true that it's false. <laughs> it is false. Um, and yeah, now I could, be, wearing. I could be completely honest and say that um, I wrote that for specifically to make Nick have problems because you know, Nick, Nick annoys <laughs> me quite a lot. And I thought the idea of Norman Wisdom opening the door on him would make him laugh, and I was correct. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at holradio.net forward slash iOS. And I hope you've enjoyed that as much as we did. But anyway, no, uh, thank you very much for listening in today. And obviously, if there's anyone listening in that has any kind of an influence in radio, you can see how good we are. Please do uh, sign us up, get in touch. Uh, we're, we're willing to work for next to no money. It's anything's better than the negative finance we get right now. That is, of course, a joke. We're all very, very happy being here. Um, it, it was a mixed bag of a show I'm sure you'll agree uh, the quiz had its moments um, you've got to hear um, you know some five-a-side selections some general England chat and all that kind of stuff and hopefully some of it will raise at least a chuckle from you so thank you very much to everyone who's downloaded and listened and all that kind of stuff we will be back of course next week as we chew the fat over the West Ham game and anything else that's happened in the world of Palace before then uh, just we'll have We've got a fair few interviews coming up in the next few weeks, so do bear that in mind. Just a little teaser there, not going to tell you who they are. There's some really, really great chats coming your way. Um, all that remains what is... your next-door neighbour, is it, Chris? It is. One of them is with my next-door neighbour. We're just going to talk about cats. But um, <laughs> it's, it's got three podcasts worth of that, to be honest with you. Um, but all that remains is for me to thank producer Mikey for producing incredibly badly today and yeah forgetting to record bits uh thank you to albert to lucy to nick to patrick to gel and to tom 
Thank you. Stop! It's a joke. It's a joke. That is exactly the kind of person I have to deal with on a daily Brilliant. basis. Brilliant. Well done, Mikey. You've redeemed yourself slightly there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone for downloading. We'll, uh, we'll see you again Sunday, usual time, which is seven something now, isn't it? Seven? Yeah. Seven. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Wank me off. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.